are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's Jack and Sam from Cultaholic.com. Back at, sorry, it's Gary YouTube, as Ross says, from Cultaholic.com. <laughs> Joined by Gary YouTube. How are you, Gary? I'm thank. Uh, I'm thanks, Gary. I'm good, thanks, Gary. How thanks, are Gary. You? Good too. I am. Um, we're doing a tier list today on every single IWGP Heavyweight Champion ranked from worst to best. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship is, of course, New Japan's heavyweight main world title and it's considered some i think by many to be maybe the most prestigious singles title in all of wrestling yeah japan has uh, a big focus on the athleticism side of it so i think yeah in terms of the sport of professional wrestling then yeah it's, it's got to be up there as at least one of the most prestigious if not the most now as always we have a series of tiers here ranging from the best to lovely 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 all right just about bearable and the bottom tier gets in the bin we have i believe 29 champions i want to say uh, in iwgp history and uh, i think so yeah. yeah um so i guess whenever you're angle isn't angle isn't com- in here because it wasn't technically new Japan. no that was the um inoki so... genome federation version of yes yes uh, yeah so i'll just say and that also now. hulk hogan who held the First ever incarnation of the belt. There's been three incarnations. This is yeah. the second one, which is the main one. It's the one that's counted to this day and is still defended in New Japan to to this very day. So, uh, without any further ado, let's crack on. So we're starting things off. And by the way, big shout out to Adam Pacini for providing us with these lovely custom made, look at these images, lovely stuff. Uh, They're beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. We're starting off with- The annoying thing now is that we're gonna have to do this every time, but yeah. Uh, um, we're starting off with one of New Japan's three musketeers. So the three musketeers were a trio of wrestlers who came to prominence in the nineties. Uh, you'll have heard of Maybe all of them, certainly one of them, and perhaps two of them. Uh, this is one of those guys, Masahiro Chono. But Sammy's a bit of a confusing one because Chono, uh, he 
was injured a lot and they never really trusted him with a long title reign as much as his peers. Yeah, he's he's possibly one of the most famous uh, exports in Japanese wrestling history. Uh, he is, he's, you know, he was with WCW yeah. a little bit. There's like a lot of intermingling going on there. So he became somewhat of a household name, I guess, if you'd ask anybody around that time for a Japanese wrestler, it'd be one other guy and Chono. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, it's sort of, it took him ages to get one. He was very well known as a tag team guy. And it sort of took him ages to get the belt, and then it, it just wasn't what I think people were maybe hoping yeah, for. Yeah, he, he his success in New Japan was never really about the belt. It was he's won I think a record number of G1 Climax tournaments, but then the fact that he rarely he yeah. rarely went on to actually hold the belt shows I think how scared they were of trusting him with a long run when he was so injury prone, which arguably started when his neck got broken by Steve Austin. Little known fact there. Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, little factoid. Um, so I don't know where to put him. I'm thinking it's one of these two tiers, Sam, either the middle or just about bearable. I think it's all right, because I think Chono as a package, the title run might not have been everything, although we are grading their reigns, aren't we? Like, as a package, Chono means a lot more than just the belt. Yeah. And I think he transcends that a bit. Like, he doesn't... You don't really think about you know, Chono's title reigns, you might think about the 5G1 wins and you just sort of think about him as Chono, the the extra from the Matrix. But <laughs> like, it's, I, uh, you're right, it's it's possibly just about bearable. You might have I don't me know. down. I think I was going to agree with you because he won it finally when he was NWO Japan uh, Chono. Oh yeah, he was, he was essentially Japanese Hogan for a so while. So it's a very iconic... Gimmick. So I think I think that bumps him up to all right tier. I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've done. Let's it. leave him in all right for now. Oh, sacrilege to start off the video. Next up, uh, <laughs> it's another it's another WCW boy, but much more of a Western WCW boy. It's big Scotty Norton. See, I like Scott Norton. I really do, but. He, he was dominant and he was impressive in Japan to the point where, I mean, Christ, he was recently back there for one of the Rumbles and it was this big deal and, you know, but ultimately WCW didn't tend to care that he was IWGP yeah. champion. He, he came out and it was just IWGP champion. I think at one point, didn't they try and orchestrate, was it Norton they tried to orchestrate like a title switch over or was it Liger? I remember there was like one where there's just a reign that's not, noticed and Norton would just be squashing smaller guys <laughs> and it it worked but like when you put the whole package together I just think it's a bit meh yeah it's a bit, uh, I agree just he was about a, bearable for me he was a bit I think he was a two-time champion and was seen as like this fearsome strong like gaijin in Japan but then on Nitro he'd come out and be like the eighth most important guy in the NWO and not even that <laughs> yeah and like they wouldn't they barely even reference his title so i think he wasn't a yeah. bad it wasn't a disastrous time as champion oh, but no, i think not at all i think it's just about bearable though because of the lack of importance with which it was treated yeah i think it's not on norton this i think it's it's on the promoters and it's on the fact that it just it didn't feel as special as it should i think yeah, and this is the thing as well that like you're going to notice if you if you're not a follower of New Japan, you'll notice throughout this there is a long and complex history 
in New Japan of Gaijin coming in and sort of dominating and then taking the belt. And sometimes it can work, sometimes it can go horribly wrong. But in this case, it was just eh. Yeah, and one of the examples we'll get onto later, someone took the belt for real. He just walked off with it to the <laughs> yeah, airport. Just, just went home. Um, Guess who that was? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next up is one of the ones that I'm really conflicted over. I didn't know much about his title reign before I wrote the uh, the every champion ranked list that we did on the channel. Uh, but it's Genichiro yeah. Tenryu, who's not a New Japan guy. He was much more known as an All Japan guy. Uh, and yeah. also then founded his own promotion, WAR, and won yeah. the belt in his late 40s, finally, when he came into New Japan. Um, but, and, and also I should mention, it was the shortest reign in title history, which makes it sound yes. like he's going to be, which makes it sound like he's going to be bottom tier because old guy, not a company guy, comes in, wins the belt, past his prime, but the matches where he won and lost the belt were great he could still go so i don't know they were like brutal yeah it's one of those things if you're going to look at the rain it may as well get in the bin but the quality of the <laughs> matches that he had yeah like it, it has to bump it up a little bit it, it's another one of those sort of tropes that i mean come on there's the whole new japan dad faction just because you passed a certain age doesn't mean you can't work strong style but it was, I imagine, like a matter of huge importance when he jumped over, but Tenru's a guy that I don't know an excessive amount about because I've just never really been that taken by the story. I've never really un like known it that well to really get into it. Yeah. But for me, like looking at all of the facts and looking at everything we got, I'd say just about bearable. I, I agree with you. I'm going to put him in just about bearable because it was the shortest reign. It only lasted, I think, a couple of weeks, but... He could still go, so he kind of backed it up in the ring. Yeah. So it's, it, it avoids the bottom tier, but it was a bit of a questionable yeah. booking decision. Uh, so next <laughs> up, we've got my boy, Kazuyuki Fujita, um, who is no right. really... Right, we're gonna, now we're going to have to get into Enochiism, Sam. We're going to have to this start is, talking about gonna, that. Uh, I'll let you explain Enochiism. Hello, you lovely, lovely listeners. Gather around. It's time for some mental tales from the god of insanity, Antonio Enoki. So Vegeta is a guy known as the last disciple of Antonio Inoki. Uh, the reason for that is because Inoki, the founder of New Japan and the booker for up until 2005, I think, for a lot of its history, uh, he basically tried to introduce this concept called Inokiism, which is a blend of wrestling and mixed martial arts and combat sports. So he wanted his wrestlers to be tough guys in real life as well, and often valued that above how good they were as pro wrestlers. Um, and it went both ways yeah, as well. Yeah. So he brought in MMA guys to wrestle. And sometimes that can work in the in the cases of other great athletes like Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, other people who've like adapted to wrestling really well. But that's very rare. And that's why they're so remarkable, because they did it so well. Yeah. Often, yeah. it doesn't really work out that way. And then on the other hand, as we'll see when we talk about some other people, he would put some of his top wrestlers in MMA matches against ludicrously overmatched opponents. And like, they, they just get destroyed. And it was... <laughs> it and was it, a strange... Well, that would just take away all the credibility of the talent. They wouldn't look right. as tough as you thought they were. And then the MMA yeah. guys come in, they can put on impressive short bouts, knocking the absolute way out of people. But mm. they can't cut promos 90% of the time. They can't go beyond their standard, yeah. you know, 
weigh-in style, let's have a massive argument type promos, but yeah, uh, it's just an odd one. It's an odd one. And also, if you follow New Japan, you'll know that often the main events are long, epic matches, and often that doesn't lend itself well to people, well, like Fujita, who we're about to talk about. So, Fujita is arguably the one wrestler who benefited the most beyond his actual ability, thanks to this weird booking policy, Enochiism, because he was uh, a legitimate tough guy, he had a shoot background, but his matches were often quite boring and, and overly mat-based, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, he liked a bit of grappling. He loved, we, all love a, we all love a bit of grappling. <laughs> But, but there's like there's a difference between like you know like watching some CMLL and watching these amazing exchanges and reversals and then watching something that's like almost early world of sport. <laughs> like but without just without let's the, hug each other to the floor. Yeah, without the charm. Uh, yeah, I feel like as well. Another, it's not his fault. Boy. It's not his fault. But I feel like another reason the Fujita is so kind of reviled by modern day New Japan fans is because back in the early 2000s when he was winning these titles there was such a, a like an incredible collection of young talent who got kind of wasted and then that led to the dark ages and it took a while for New Japan to really recover I think I think in a way Anoki was in a really twisted way right though because if you look at how UFC handles its promotion and it handles everything it's taken like the idea of Anokiism but it hasn't messed with the fighting. It's just applied it to the hype. And I think yeah. they've taken the pro wrestling hype and, and sort of used this to make a fusion form of Anokias. And maybe that's what he was wanting, but it just didn't work for him. He kind of did it backwards, yeah. Well, I'm sticking... Yeah. I'm sorry, Fujita, but I'm sticking you in the bottom <laughs> tier there. I mean... He's got to go in the bin. He has to. I know. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but... Speaking of the bin... Uh, next up is today Yasuda. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna yes, put him. Stra- yeah. I'm gonna put him straight in the bin. I believe he was bottom of yeah, another my, Anokiism. He, I think he was bottom of my ranking, <laughs> below even Fujita. Um, again, <laughs> another uh, legitimate tough guy. I think he had an amateur wrestling background, but uh, just a, a wrestler pushed far beyond his capabilities. Even more extreme, I think you could say, than than Fujita's push was. I think he won a tournament for the vacant belt, which so that in in one way it wasn't as bad because Fujita was beating like legitimate excellent wrestlers, whereas Yasuda didn't yeah. take the belt from anyone. But at the same time, everybody realized pretty quickly like, whoa, this guy is way out of his depth. Yeah, and at the same time, the one thing I didn't really notice was how much that belt had been vacated and auctioned off at tournaments. Like, it, yes, it's, it just it happened a lot, and uh, it's. You know, it's impressive, but it, it almost feels hollow because he hasn't had to take it from someone. A little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've put him in the bottom. I feel bad. It's, again, no, it's not his fault. It's it's Anokiism, again. Like, unfortunately, if you get in with the wrong crowd, you go in the bin. And you, you go- put him with the wrong crowd. <laughs> you get in with the wrong Antonio crowd. Antonio Anoki. You're going in the bin. Um, <laughs> next up, we get a, a man who still wrestles in New Japan to this day as part of, you mentioned, the Dad Brigade, uh, it's Blue Justice, yes. Yuji Nagata. I really like oh, Yuji Nagata. He's the best. I yeah. love him. I love him. He's he just the awesome. proper, like, proper dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he beat Suzuki just last week, and it was really, it was really, it was a nice moment. <laughs> it, was kind of, it was kind of heartwarming, because Suzuki's like the evil dad, and Nagata's like the nice dad who sticks up for you. It was good. 
Um, Suzuki's like the nasty stepdad that comes in. Nagata's like, yeah. what have you been doing? Suzuki's like Jay White's dad. <laughs> They're having a fight outside of an Asda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nagata, but when he was younger, he was like a proper main eventer in New Japan. And yeah. he, he won multiple titles. He had great feuds with the likes of a young Tanahashi. Uh, he was mm-hmm. almost the top dog, but he was very much the opposite of someone like Vegeta or Yasuda, who we've just talked about. Nagata was less yeah. a sort of benefactor of Enochism and more of a victim of it. Victim, yeah, big time. Oof. Like, yeah, he... <laughs> so Enoki, as we, as we said, it would go both ways. Enoki decided that as well as having MMA guys come in and be wrestlers, he wanted his wrestlers to go and be MMA guys. So right. Nagata was one of them. Liger was one of them. There's just plenty. Nakamura was one of them. It's... Oh. Now, I don't know how familiar the people watching this are with MMA, but Nagata was matched up against two of the best... <laughs> two of the best... Ever. Like, not even... Yeah, like, when, yeah. when CM Punk went to the UFC, they didn't put him in against, like, like Habib straight away. Because yeah. he would have been absolutely mauled. But... They would have made a lot of money, but it wouldn't have lasted very long. But, it, but Inoki <laughs> thought, right, I'm just going to put my top guy, like, my champion, like, he was champion a lot around this time as well, and I'm just going to put him against yeah. Mirko Krokop, who is absolutely terrifying... <laughs> And then, and then arguably the greatest MMA heavyweight of all time, Fedor Emelianenko. So I don't know what on earth the, the logic was here, but you have to feel sorry for Nagata. <laughs> Could you imagine getting called into that office? <laughs> so we're going to put you up. <laughs> I know. How do you even... Best win, oh otherwise you, you'll make our belt look bloody weak as well, and we won't like that. That's like, it's, it's sort of like us going out to the pub, getting into an argument with like the... the barman and then put an owen forward and this barman's like seven three and ripped put an <laughs> owen forward and going he'll deal with it I've he'll never, take you on i don't know owen could be i don't know he might be a little <laughs> bit of a little bit owen's in a tremendous mood today by the way because liverpool have just won the title he's been having a buzz in time yeah, yeah um, he must be chuffed another nice little tidbit about nagata's two ludicrous mma fights against these like all-time greats <laughs> is that they both took place on new year's eve on different years <laughs> he's just never allowed to enjoy himself <laughs> ever it's like what has he done to piss Anoki off because like it, it's almost as if Anoki buys into his own hype like I started this promotion we are the toughest wrestler in the world why wouldn't my champion be able to go and knock out Crow yeah <laughs> yeah so what I'm going to do is suggest that we put Nata, uh, Nagata sorry, in lovely 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 because he had some great feuds he had some great <laughs> matches his title reigns were great but just what every so often, his credibility would be absolutely ruined, and it wasn't even his own fault. So I don't, I can't it's put like, him top yeah, it's, it's as if he cooked like a, a beautiful meal, and Anoki just gently shoved it off the table, and then told him <laughs> yeah. to pick it all back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you agree with second tier there? Yeah, I think I think he deserves a little bit of leeway for how badly he was treated at the end. So I think lovely, lovely, lovely works. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we're sticking with well another MMA guy but this one was a bit more legit uh, Takayama now Takayama yes well first of all really huge guy like really tall and imposing um, yeah but also is, is part of one of the most iconic MMA fights ever to people especially who don't know about MMA they still <laughs> might have seen this fight without realising um, Takayama yeah. versus Don, Don Fry 
an American, uh, was he a kickboxer or an amateur wrestler or something? I'm not sure what Don Fry's speciality was, but basically that all went out the window in their fight because they both walked up to each other, grabbed the back of each other's head, and then with the other hand just punched each other rapidly in the face, like a lot. <laughs> like it's, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, but, but real. It's absolutely <laughs> staggering to watch. And even though Takayama lost that fight, it didn't really affect him as much because, I mean, he'd given an excellent go of it. And if you look at them after the fight, yeah. Their faces are just an absolute mess. Was it Takayama that was the multiple... Was he one of the multiple belt winners? Yes, he's one of only two men yeah. to win the New Japan, All Japan and NOAA titles. All of them. Yeah. yeah. And he's just got uh, this flowing, luxurious mane. That deserves, you know, a bit of credit he does as well. just to push him up a little bit. The only problem is, I've, I think he only held it once. It was a... a Decent yeah. rain, but it also got kind of tangled up in uh, like a double champion situation where he also held Inoki's belt that he'd revived, oh. which was like the like the shoot style belt, basically like the, this the is a real belt, tough yeah. guy belt, uh, kind of like Taz's. NWF, wasn't it? Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he dropped, he dropped. I think, I think they, this might be wrong, but I think he dropped the IWGP belt, the one this video is about, before that tough guy won. So I feel like. New Japan's priority wasn't fully focused on their champion when he was their yeah. champion. So I can't, I don't think he can go in, you know, obviously not top tier and probably not even with Nagata either. Yeah, I think he's, he's sort of like all right with his New Japan run. Obviously, he's a legend, like overall, like a much yeah, bigger yeah. deal overall. But I think if you to take it and boil it down to just the New Japan bit, like it's. Yeah, I think it's all right. Yeah, you know, puts on some hard hitting matches, but it's nothing that's like world changingly yeah. unbelievable. I feel like him and Chodo is a good. I'm glad they're both in the same category because I feel like they're both people who deserved more, but for various yeah. reasons just didn't really get it. Um, okay, next up, it's another wrestler who still wrestles, but quite rarely these days. Uh, about five years ago, he was in the G1 Climax occasionally, uh, but, you know, he'd mix it up in the tag team division. But recently, he's only really become a part of the undercard. He's kind of faded away because he's getting older. It's uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan with his lovely flat top and blonde highlights. There he is. His mullet, his weird shaved mullet. His flat top mullet, yeah. It's a strong, it's a bold <laughs> choice. Well, Tenzan was a bigger deal than I think he gets credit for these days because he's obviously part of the dad brigade now. He looks like mm. the third Nasty Boy. He's just <laughs> out there hanging on the end. <laughs> Na he's part of Nasty Boys Japan, the faction. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's slowly slipped down the ranks. He's a, he's a career New Japan guy like now. Yeah. He's, he's going to be there till he calls it quits, so... You know, bigger deal back then. Again, nothing that in my mind sticks out to a point where I'm like top tiers, but I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think it was Tenzan who had a really uh, nice little feud with Kojima, someone we'll get onto later on, Yeah. as part of like the New Japan, All Japan war. Because in Japanese wrestling, yeah. at least in the 90s, the divisions between promotions wasn't quite as severe as we're used to in Western wrestling. So... Often yeah. big promotions would like collaborate or feud with each other in storyline and it wasn't as taboo as it would be if like WWE and AEW did that today. So 
uh, Tenzan was kind of, at one point, I guess, the, the hero of, of New Japan, but it didn't come during a very bright time in New Japan's history. So it's a tricky one because he's a multiple time champion and did a decent job, but he's not really regarded as like a big legendary figure. He's just like a bit of a, of a vet. I guess he's almost sort of like comparable to a diesel situation. Right. On top, the business isn't doing great. Yeah. And yeah. for that reason, you're never really going to be as popular as you should have been had business been hot. And so for that reason, unfortunately, I think he's got to go in bearable. Oh, bearable. Oh, interesting. I was going to say all right, but I don't know if that's because I felt bad. It is bad all right, for him. though. I think he yeah. was. I think he held it like three times, maybe. He was. He was in and around. Put him in. in and put him in all right for now. Okay. We can. We can have a think. Okay. Oh my God, Sam! Next. Next up. <laughs> Let's just put him straight in there. Bob Sap, top tier. There we go. Top tier, yeah. Bob Sap. <laughs> I mean, Christ, when we went to Todakan, how much Bob Sap stuff was there? Bob Sap. There was figures. There was statuettes. There was like so much merch for Bob Sap, all officially licensed. Bob Sap has legendary <laughs> celebrity status in New Japan, and it was even before he was the champion. He was a legend because of his yeah. MMA and his kickboxing. Um, but but also he's he's crap. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I don't know what else he's, to say. He's, he was almost proof that Enochism could work, but I think the problem with it was that he was popular already. So it's hard to judge, like when you're bringing in somebody with celebrity status, yeah. whether that's going to transition well. And obviously it worked all right, and then it quickly jumped off a cliff. Yeah. Because it, it, beca- it just... Well, it, yeah, it was weird. He lost the belt in very weird circumstances because... He remember Fujita, who we were talking about earlier, uh, the last disciple of Enochiism. Well, they fought each other for yeah. real in an MMA event, and Fujita just absolutely battered Bob Sapp. <laughs> and at the time, Bob Sapp was IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and then vacated the belt because he'd lost in a different sport. <laughs> Imagine the shame. It's, yeah. <laughs> But at the same, was this around the time that Sap was, or was this before? Because I know that Sap was accused by several people, including Krokop, I think, of throwing matches. Like right. he would, he would have, he would have a big purse on the line. He would do all the hype, he'd do all the build, and then he'd quickly get choked out, or he'd quickly yeah. like take a fall or whatever. Uh, and a lot of people saw that as him just milking the industry and tarnishing the name of MMA. So like. If it was during that time, that makes it even worse. Could also have been like, could also have been tied up with some, I guess, some shady underworld figures as well, because they had a big hand in the Japanese yeah. combat scene around the time. Uh, yeah, I think I don't know if that actually was then, because I think when I was doing my research yeah. for this tier list, I noticed that his MMA record was decent when he lost to Fujita. Uh, right. I think anyway, but I've watched that fight and it's worth a watch. Because Vegeta just absolutely... Yeah. Vegeta batters him. I'm quite scared of Vegeta, actually. <laughs> I might move him up a tier or two. <laughs> just because I'm so scared. Just in case he comes looking for you. <laughs> yeah, just in case I get a knock on the door and it's Kazuyuki Vegeta, the last disciple <laughs> of Enochism. Enoki's there behind him just shaking his head. Yeah, in. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to... I mean, I'm going to stick Bob Sap in the bottom tier, Sam. I'm really sorry. He has to. He has to. I know. And it's a shame. He's, uh... Yeah. He's, you know, he's a victim of Enochism, but at the same time, he didn't really help 
any of it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Next up, we have um, maybe my favourite member of the Dad Brigade, but he hasn't been appearing that often uh, recent in recent sort of years. But he's still he's still there. Uh, it's Satoshi Kojima. He loves bread. He does. He is the leader of Bread Club. He is the best. He, all he does is tweet about bread. And one of the most heartwarming things I think that ever happened in wrestling was. He realised on Twitter one day that he had a load of Western followers as New Japan was growing in popularity. And he he put this tweet out saying that he was going to endeavour to tweet as much as he could in English and engage with all of the global fans because he felt he had a duty to do it. And he wanted all the members to join Bread Club Baby. He always just puts <laughs> full stop and then baby. It's great. But uh, yeah, I thought that was just really, really sweet that he didn't realise he had popularity outside of Japan. And then... <laughs> it just blows up yeah. for him. Well, it's he's obviously adorable. Yeah. But that kinda doesn't but he is today. Yeah. But back then, Kojima was kind of vicious. He's famous for all the chops in the corner. Yes. Big lariats as well. Uh he's a bit of a hard hitting guy and a very interesting figure in New Japan history because he actually defected to all Japan in the early two thousands because he was sick of Enochiism, I guess. Yes, I'd imagine uh, so. When it had a successful time in all Japan, came back, won the belt. Uh, he's just, he's feuded with the likes of Tanahashi. He's had some great matches with Tenzan. He's just a bit of a, a steady figure who could always be relied upon to put on a good match, whether, whether the product was good or bad at the time, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think... Go on. Part of me is like, I love him, but it's just not, nothing sort of steps out for me for him to be like top tiers. I don't know if he's... Hmm. Well, I was going to say that he's almost, for me, on a level with Nagata, enough to bump him up into Nagata's tier. Yeah. Because he, like Nagata... He feuded with older guys, he feuded with guys his age, and also had a title feud with Tanahashi as well, uh, which I think is kind of important. I think, I think he deserves to be higher than, like, the guys in the tier below him, just because I think he's had a... Not, not world-changing amounts, but I think he's had a bit more of an impact on the history of the belt. Yeah, and he's passed the torch, and, and yeah, I think he's, he's an important figure, maybe not a central figure, Hello? but an important one. Hello. So we're back uh, after Sam cut out. Uh, we were we were disagreeing slightly because Sam thought Kojima was third tier. I wanted to put him in the second one alongside Nagata. I think when you do but... look at it, he has given back a lot to the industry. And when he was in that position, he had a hand in passing that torch to possibly the greatest modern star. Until recently, mm. one of the greatest modern stars of, of the company. So... Yeah, go on then. I'll, I'll see to you. Go yes, on. Kojima. Bread club for life. <laughs> Next up, a difficult one, a really difficult one. Uh, Antonio Inoki. Without Inoki, we wouldn't have the International Wrestling Grand Prix. So we wouldn't have IWGP, we wouldn't have New Japan. But yeah. for all the good he's done, he's also harmed that company almost irreparably. <laughs> Like, to the point where New Japan was... It, it just wasn't... It wasn't anywhere near the deal it is today because of what was happening to it. Like, public perception went down. It was giving rise to other companies like Noah, 
Um, people were jumping ship, as you've already said. He ultimately, while doing so much for the company, it's sort of almost... I, I, he will pop out my screen and slap me, but it's almost money marky. Almost. Oh. Like he, he put that belt on himself and... Yeah. I mean... I get that he was a, a hugely influential figure. He had that weird fight with Muhammad Ali, mm. which has gone down in sort of wrestling legend. Well, he's done so much for wrestling uh, from Japan as a whole. Like, he's, he's you know, one yeah. of the godfathers of that whole thing. But... But when it comes to New Japan, later on towards the end of his time there, you're right, he did do a lot more harm than good. And I think it's worth pointing out that when he left, in I think it was 2005... He then set up the Anoki Genome Federation, which was his ideal, his, his, yeah. version of, his version of Anokiism. And I think it's very telling that today it's not the Anoki Genome Federation that's huge, it's New Japan. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit of a strange one. He's... In terms of him as champion, he was the first ever uh, holder of this incarnation of the belt. Uh, he held it once, but it was a long reign, and then he got injured and vacated it, uh, which to me... I think that's middle tier because he was an impossibly influential figure, but not the most, I guess, not the person you most associate with the belt, if that yeah. makes sense. He went from being chaotic good to being chaotic neutral over time. I okay. Think, like the whole rift with him and All Japan and, and sorry, well, him and JWA, I think, or was it he essentially was going to try and take over the company. He was ousted and then we ended up with New Japan and All Japan and all this stuff. Yeah, from the start, him, he's him always sort of went their followed ways. his own beat, and he's always walked to that. And he's still running Anokiism shows. There was he's just branding them as Anokiism now. There'll just be a show with pro wrestling, kickboxing, and MMA on it. But yeah, as we said, he did more harm than good toward the end. So unfortunately, I think you're right. I think he's got to go into all right because he is that neutral now. <sighs> oh, he's gonna batter us. He right, will as well. Um... You know, it's an honor to get slapped by Antonio Anoki. I've seen the videos, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, people line up to uh, get battered by him. <laughs> next up, another... I don't know even know where to start with this. It's Brock Lesnar, Sam. It's Brock Lesnar. Bin, 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 uh, bin. Bin, 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 Yeah, yeah. Let's, I guess we'll put him in the bin straight away and then talk about it. Yeah. So Lesnar effectively held this belt hostage. <laughs> Not effectively. Um, he did. He successfully held the belt hostage. <laughs> So Lesnar went over to New Japan shortly after the whole WWE release. Uh, he renamed the F5 the Verdict because he was in a legal battle with WWE over, you know, naming rights and that sort of thing. Uh, and it seemed like a massive coup for New Japan at the time. Like, whoa, it's Brock Lesnar. They've got him. Huge guy, Jim, comes in. It could have been a massive deal. But obviously, Lesnar... As we often know, his heart, if his heart isn't in it, then he doesn't really care. And he already uh, said he, he was did leaving not put wrestling on very, at this point. He wanted to go to the Minnesota Vikings. Well, he wanted to go yeah. to the NFL, yeah. Um, he... Or was this after the... Uh, the timeline Might gets lost after. somewhere for me. Yeah. Did he go to MMA after this? Okay. Um, either way, his heart really wasn't in it. Uh, he ended up winning the title on his debut. Then defending it like two or three times in 10 minute or less matches and then one day as he was going back to america took the belt with him 
that apparently some New Japan officials tried to intercept him at the airport and say they needed the belt back to clean it. And he was like, nah, nah, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> got on the plane, got on the plane, <laughs> and then that's your belt gone. Oh. So, they, <laughs> so they had to introduce a third belt, which, has uh, anyone on the tier list so far? You can see in Takayama's picture there, Takayama is wearing the, the third belt, yeah. uh, which I think they had to bring in, and so is Tenzan, which they had to bring in after Lesnar had done that. Uh, oh, no, maybe not. I might be getting slightly confused, but the third belt is definitely a little bit of a different look. Yeah, because the, the, what, they what had Lesnar to do was, stole was like, it looks like half of the current belt. It looks like they just chopped that in half horizontally, and that's the one he nicked off with. Mm. So they got the third belt in, which they had for a while, and then through a convoluted series of events, they managed to get the actual physical belt back in New Japan. So they vacated it after a few months when they realized Lesnar wasn't bringing it back. Uh, the official story is that he couldn't go back to Japan because of visa issues, which I don't believe for a second. <laughs> um, and, then, and then they managed to get Lesnar to drop the belt to Kurt Angle because he respects Kurt Angle from their time in WWE. Yeah. They got him to drop the belt to Angle in the Inoki Genome Federation. Then Angle got booked against Shinsuke Nakamura, who beat Angle and finally brought the physical belt not the lineage, but the physical belt. He unified it with the new one and kind of got it all back on track. So that's why Angle doesn't count because yeah. he held the kind of the Inoki Genome Federation version of the belt. But it was the same physical belt, if that makes sense. The feelings, it's, a, it's a confusing one. But the feelings are still pretty raw. When we were in the Tokyo Dome uh, last year and they, they showed before the, the big title match the lineage video, which just sort of flashes mm. up a picture with everybody with the belts. When it gets to Lesnar, it was just like... You could sort of cut the tension with it. Was, it. <laughs> there was no cheer for Lesnar at all. Yeah. Uh, whereas if someone like, you know, like Tanahashi appeared on screen, everyone yeah. went crazy. But, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a bit frosty. Uh, so moving on from that Lesnar story, which is one of my favourites in all of it's New one of Japan the best history, stories. Yeah, uh, is uh, the ace of New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Where else can he go? I know he's the got guy, to go in top tier. The guy carried the company on his back through the end of the dark days, mm. all the way through to where it is now, and only now are we getting that. Well, only in the the recent few years have we had that gentle path. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Passing of the torch. While he's still got a foot in there, he's not quick, like completely mm. out the pool, but, you know, he's, he's stepping away. Yeah. I've never... Uh... I've never really... When we went to that Wrestle Kingdom where he won the main event against Kenny Omega, yeah, uh, which started the last time he won the title, uh, he... I've never really experienced such a connection between a crowd and a babyface before. Yeah. It was really astonishing to, to witness. Uh, the closest thing I can compare it to, which sounds really weird, but do you remember the press conference at, in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing? Yeah. I felt like there, Cody Rhodes could have like started an army if he'd wanted to, <laughs> because he was just so over. Everyone was just loving it. Yeah. That's kind of what it was like with Tanahashi in Japan. He's really like the hero. Even today, he's still, mm. even though he's slightly further down the pecking order, he's still like the biggest babyface in the company. Yeah, it's not universal. I remember there were people on the way out moaning and complaining, but like really, yeah, there was were one me? or two people that were like very not happy with the outcome of the match but it's like he's essentially you know the John Cena isn't he he's he's the guy he's the man but without the I guess it's more universal than it is with John Cena yeah yeah he's less polarising um he's not somebody that I've personally connected with because I hate his air guitar oh I connected with him when he won that match I connected with him real good because I didn't have to take any chops yeah because you won the punishment, that's right. Um, <laughs> but I can, I can totally see why people do have a connection with him, and I can see why people enjoy watching him wrestle, because in the ring, even today, he's still phenomenal. Yeah. But back when he was younger and quicker, like, just astonishing it's, stuff. It's crazy. And then probably the peak of it was when he was old enough to have all the experience, but still young enough to go, that feud with Okada, which changed... It happened just as people were getting interested in New Japan from outside of Japan again. Yeah. And it just changed everything for them, really. So, absolutely top tier for me. Yeah. Yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who's next? Who can live up to that? Right, interesting one. So maybe, of all the Japanese champions on this list, maybe the one who's most familiar to a Western audience, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, because of his current WWE run. But thing with Nakamura is a tricky one yeah it's hard because while I adored the fact he was champion you know and when you look back and it's like it makes sense when you're looking through the lineage and, and him being the guy that the Rockets about to get mm. strapped to but over his career the heavyweight title isn't really anywhere near as big a deal as the other stuff he's done like yeah. he's more synonymous with other stuff yeah I agree some of that other stuff, like, he is the greatest IWGP Intercontinental Champion of all time, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. He almost elevated New Japan's secondary belt to the level of the main belt. In fact, at one Wrestle Kingdom, he did. He, he main evented defending that belt over the, the main yeah. belt. It's like if the IC title main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. And it was a fan vote that decided that. Um, but in terms of being world champion... Yeah, that all seemed to come but just before his peak. I remember he won one, which just seemed way too early when he was really young. He was like 23. Yeah. Then he won one a little bit later on, and then he won it a third time. Probably his best reign when he was the leader of 
uh, was it the leader of, I can't remember if he was the leader of Chaos or the Rise faction, which was the predecessor to Chaos. I believe but he, was he was the leader to come of into his... both, wasn't he? Because he, I think he, he led Rise and then I think he started Chaos. Yes, well, yeah, okay. When so, Chaos was a heel faction. So he was starting to come into his own, but it was still a couple of years before he became this like ultra charismatic, yeah, incredible IC champion. So I don't know where to put him. The other thing to maybe note as well is that uh, Nakamura is one of the rare few that benefited in a way from Enochism as well. Um, he had an MMA run yeah. and he did pretty all right at it, and it made him like tougher in the fans' eyes. And it it was proof that it could sort of work, but only in very specific cases. Yeah, uh, it's a tricky one. I, um, I, it's proper crap. Because part of me wants to put him in lovely, 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 but I don't know if his reign, well, his reign's really. It's got to be, hasn't it? It can't be top tier. It can't be just mechs. It's Nakamura, but okay. Point. Yeah, I get. I guess we can put him in with Kojima and Nagata then. I think. Although... Yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I Can we put him at the top of all right? Yeah, let's do that. If I can get, Ch- if I can get Chono out of the way. <laughs> I, can't get Ch- I can't get Chono out of the way. Move, Chono. He's move. not giving up his spot. <laughs> okay, he's second then. But, but know that we yeah. put him at the very top of all right. Yeah. Chono. Uh, next up... We have Manabu Nakanishi. Um, for me, instantly, he's just about bearable. Yeah, he's not really that memorable, and it came far too late. I yes, think, yeah. it came way after his peak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's an undercard guy who kind of got given a reign thanks to his years of year and years with the company. It's like yeah. when Mark Henry held the World Heavyweight title. Yeah. But... It probably wasn't as exciting as when Mark Henry held the World Heavyweight title. He's a pretty, like... didn't last as long. ...cool-looking guy physically as well, so it works as champion. <laughs> yeah. But, like... Oh, my phone's just vibrated. I forgot to turn that off. Enjoy That's that, rude. people at home. Poor Nakanishi, while we're slating him for not being very interesting. Papa John's comes in and just ruins it. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, they message me, like, all the time now, going, like, here's some vouchers. Oh, I got one. I got one about three months ago, and they won't stop texting me either. Yeah, it's it's stupid. Terrible. I've never even ordered from them, so I don't know how they've got the number. I don't know if it's like a database. I thing have. What, but... uh, I think that says it all about knack and issue. Really, yeah, we just start talking <laughs> about Papa John. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've put him in just about bearable. Next up is uh, Togi Makabe. Ah. Oh. Uh, still wrestles. Still. He's not. I don't count him as part of the Dad Brigade, really. Even though he saw. Yeah, his. GBH was good. His stuff with Yano was good. It's just one of those things. It annoys me that Makabe has been there, but Ishii hasn't. It yeah. annoys me. It yeah, really definitely. annoys me. But you know, it's he was a big deal, but he's not somebody that instantly springs out when I'm like thinking top top tier reigns. No. Yeah, same. I feel like he's he's between these two for me. Middle and uh, just about bearable. Yeah, I put on my personal one that I did before I looked at this, I put him in just about bearable. Oh. I felt bad about it, but at the same time I was like, again, it was a phase of the business that wasn't exactly 
stellar in terms of a global, you know, approach to a, to Japanese wrestling, but. I'll, I'll make a bit of a case to put him in all right. Because yeah. we put Nakamura in all right. And I think Nakamura's best feud as champion was with Makabe. Yeah. And then Makabe uh, won the belt from Nakamura. And it was a nice, lovely story. So... Yes, put him in I all right. I think it does... That, for that moment... Okay, okay. Yeah. There we go, then. He's done all right. Yes. Our boy's Level done all Level with right. Antonio, the legendary Inoki. Yeah. Um, oh, Sam, next up, it's the easiest one on the list. It's Kazuchika Okada. Top tier. And it's... it's yeah, of course. It's, I, it's I weird think it's, the best it's, champion ever. Yeah, it's weird because he's, you know, modern and current, but you can't deny those yeah. reigns and the quality of matches. You just can't. Yeah, he holds the record for the most defences. He holds the record for the longest reign. He holds the record for the longest cumulative reigns. Uh, and he's had some of the best wrestling matches ever. Not even just in New Japan. I think just some of the best matches ever. And just some of the best sparkly and gear. Omega. And some of the best sparkly yeah. gear, yeah. Um, one, thing one thing I was a little bit sad about, because Wrestle Kingdom, the one we went to, was fantastic. But Okada wasn't in... A, he was in that feud with Jay White, yeah. but it wasn't like a top, top showcase match for me, which was a bit of a shame. Yeah. It was It was right around the time or just after it was all sort of coming to a close with uh, his unhinged character as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the red hair. Yeah. He'd like gone through that phase, which was weird, but really cool. Um, yeah. But then obviously you, you just can't, you can't deny him. He's top tier. He will be top tier. He'll be one of the greatest of all time once he retires. Yeah. That's it. Which is so weird to say because he's still very much at his peak. Yeah, he's going to be wrestling very for the 10, 15 years if he's, if he's going to be one yeah. of the dads. Like... Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so easily top tier for Okada there. Uh, yeah, some of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, even though I always find myself supporting the other guy, but he's always the constant. Yeah, it got it did get a little bit trying. Like it, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. It did get a bit trying when we just wanted to see some variety, and he was just like, "Nope," and walking out with it every time. But but the but the matches were always good though. Yeah, always great. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got the phenomenal one, and at the time, leader of the Bullet Club, AJ Styles. Wasn't uh, a super long reign. But the manner in but which he won, he, it, he won it again, I yeah. think he won it. I think he held it twice, but neither were neither were really long. The way he captured it was unbelievable. That was like, you know, it, it was just a great build. And leader of the Bullet Club styles is best styles by far. You've frozen there. Oh, hello. Oh no. I'll call you again. Hello. 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 So as I was saying. Um, Leader of the Bullet Club Styles for me was best styles, um, and I just loved it. It was it was like lightning in a bottle because the Bullet Club were just taking off, were just getting popular. It was a super special time in wrestling. Independent wrestling was growing faster than ever, and yeah, he had a big part to play in in for me like the Western audiences coming to Japanese wrestling. Because they were just delivering and delivering and delivering to the point where it couldn't be denied. So I think for me, Styles has got to be at least lovely, 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 just because of the importance of what his reign meant to the world of wrestling. 
Yeah, I fully agree. I think he's in second tier. Yeah. Uh, even though the reigns weren't very long, as you mentioned, he was so important at the time. And also, uh, some of the matches he had were absolutely phenomenal. There yeah. was uh, one against Ibushi, and there was a couple against Okada. And they were just always really, really good uh, with AJ as champion. So, yeah. yes, fully agreed. Sweet. Next up, it's the current... Next up, it's the current champion, Tetsuya Naito. It's always difficult to... Uh... Tier mm. current champions, <clears throat> but yeah, Naito. It's been this constant battle of will, will he, won't he, will he, won't he, and that whole build's been so good. It's been punishingly long, but the payoff is so good. And it's you, I don't think you can put him top tier, like mega top tier, because I still think he's got a ways to go. But he's definitely up there for me. Okay. For me, if it hadn't been for the lockdown, yeah. then I would agree with you for lovely, lovely, lovely. But I feel like he's been one of, in world wrestling, I feel like he's been one of the biggest victims of the lockdown. Right. Because it happened just after his big crowning moment. Yeah. And he's not had a chance to defend it. Well, he's defended it once, I think. Yeah. And he's not really had a chance to show us what he can do. He did, it's easy to forget, but he did have a reign a few years before that. But... It was it one which ready. came too early, really. Yeah, the, yeah it came too the early. The fans even rejected him, and it was... It's why he still has heat. Well, it was... <laughs> no, it, it was all right, because they rejected him, then he won it once he was popular, but yeah. then it ended pretty yeah. soon, and it started this whole joke that Gato hates him <laughs> and just <laughs> never will let him be happy. Yeah. Uh, even when he won the two belts at Wrestle Kingdom this year, Kenta attacked him at the very end of the show, and yeah. again, everyone was like... Gato, what has Naito done to Gato to deserve this? Maybe uh, Gato's jealous of his luxurious so I, hair. I think so. I, I feel like I want to put him in all right yeah. with with an option, with like with a view to the future he's, of like. He's all right you know with I mean? an asterisk. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, right there he is. He's in all right. Okay, next up, Sam. Uh, I think. And it might it might be it might be accurate to say one of the the man who got us both into New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kenny Omega. I'd <clears> say for certain the for me it was I, I remember just being burnt out. It was when I was just starting to do wrestling videos and stuff, and I just couldn't be arsed looking at any more WWE. And then it was just this huge like press buzz around the fact. The Wrestle Kingdom was going to be in English for the first time, and then I got into it there and like at Wrestle Kingdom nine. But I don't think it really took hold until I was fully in the grip of Kenny Omega, and then that was when it was mm. like there was no turning back at all. I remember when he sang karaoke with the Bucks to apologise <laughs> for interfering in matches. That's when I was like, "Well, I have to watch more of this guy because yeah. that's outrageous." Uh, it's because they cheered, I think, in a match against Tanahashi, maybe. Yeah. And they apologised by singing Raise Your Glass by Pink <laughs> at karaoke. <laughs> and oh, that's so good. He, I mean, everyone says it. Omega, especially in New Japan, when he was a heel, was an anime villain. He talked like one yeah. and he gestured like one. Uh, and he just basically brought a whole load of pop culture into into wrestling you've got the yeah. whole Final Fantasy references with the one winged angel uh, you've got the Meg, obviously the Mega Man references Kenny Omega yeah uh, 
I think Mega Man's his favorite. Does he said before? I think he's a big Mega Man fan anyway. Right. But he's like if he's like if you took like the really nerdy kid at school and and gave him the ability to be the best wrestler yeah. of a certain time, I, and then that's what he'd become. So I don't quite know where to put him because he was so entertaining all the way up until he won the belt. Yeah. And, and then, then six complex. months later, six months later, loses it at Wrestle Kingdom and sets up a new company with the Bucks and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and it's so it's just proper awkward as well. I don't know what your stance is like on Kenny Omega now as well. Like he's still incredible, but I think it's proof that there's there's like this mystery to big deal gaijin wrestlers over in Japan, and then when you get overexposed to them. I think once you get to a point where you have them every week in front of your TV, they're still doing the same stuff and they're still as good as they were. It's just that now you've got it on tap. And I think that that's what's sort of happening with him at the minute. And it's hopefully yeah. going to turn around. Get, but it's, yeah, I, I, it's hard to place this reign because it's just weird. I'll, I'll, I'll try and sum up what I think because I, I have thought about this before. Obviously, the AEW tag division is amazing like, yeah. it's absolutely stacked and I think that Kenny and Hangman have told a really good story as tag team champions yeah but at the same time at the same time I can't wait for the elite to fall apart yeah so that we get Kenny Omega in some huge singles matches once again mm-hmm. and that's that's where that's the real money like, is and that's but I, maybe it's a yeah. thing of like not wanting to look too self-indulgent maybe it's wanting to put the focus and, and I, I understand else that and, I, yeah but, yeah of course it's just but, weird you know, but you you don't want to you don't want to book all you and all your mates who own the company so strong. Exactly. But at the same time, at the same time, you are one of the best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well at some point <laughs> break out. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know where to put him. For me, it's between these two tiers because the the lovely, lovely, lovely tier and the all right tier because yes, the rain was okay. He defended it in some good matches, but the match that he won it in was like something else entirely. Yeah, it was an hour long, two out of three falls against Okada. I know. But and then the match that he lost it in was also, I mean, the match, we, we saw that match live. The yeah. match he lost it in was also an incredible match. I remember when he went to hit Tanahashi's finisher and then Tanahashi kicked out of one and yeah. the crowd lost their minds. I uh, personally probably put him top of all right. Because if you take everything okay. else away and strip it all away and condense it down to the rain, you've got one incredible match and then a lot of other good matches, but it okay. just sort of ends, doesn't it? it? It There's not really a conclusive full circle he, there. If there's anyone on this list who could have been top tier if they wanted to, it's Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next up we have... Um, the most recent unique champion, if that makes sense. So obviously Naito is the current champion, but he's held it before. Yeah. So the newest champion on, on the list of first-time champions, it's neighborhood bad boy, Jay White. He's uh, He was somebody I didn't really know if it was going to work. And then when we were at New Year's Dash, and he came in and he cut that horrible promo, it was just... Mm. I think at that point it clicked. I was horrible like, this, in a good way. This, yeah, like horrible and like he was just so contemptible. Like, yeah. the, I was like, this is going to work and it's going to work really well. Whether it has worked really well, 
I don't know, but he's for sure going to be a guy that's going to be in and around that title picture for some time, I'd imagine. He's a New Japan homegrown talent. He's somebody they've invested a lot of time into, so it makes sense that he's going to go back there, but yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this first reign. No, me neither. He was put in a tough spot because I'm, I'm glad that when Adam made this tier list for us, he put Jay White straight after Omega because... Jay White was Omega's replacement in that storyline. Yeah. So everyone seems to think that the plan was Omega would have beaten Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, headed all the way into WrestleMania weekend at that Madison Square Garden show, yeah. and then lost it back to Okada there. But instead, we had Jay White shockingly beating Tanahashi, which Kevin Kelly told us was going to happen, but we yeah. didn't believe him. <laughs> and then... And he was working us. It was a double work. It was like a double bluff. Uh, then Jay White takes the belt into New York and loses it to Okada. Yeah. For me, that I think he's like towards the bottom of all right because he did a good job in difficult circumstances. Yeah, it's like this burden was just put on his shoulders and he had to roll with it. And he rolled with it, but it just yeah. it didn't feel like it was... Even when it started, it didn't feel like it was going to last it felt like this is going to be a very sort of weird hodgepodge for a little bit, keep the belt with him, and then when we work out what we're going to do, get back on that track, and then I guess maybe take Jay out of the picture for a little bit and reintroduce him down the line, which is sort of where we're getting to. But, well, yeah. once everything returns to normal. But, yeah, it's. I, I think I agree with you. I think all right. Okay, uh, next up we've got another top-tier one for me, Sam. Right. Uh, and I'm going to compare him to... I'm going to say he's the, in a weird way, the Bret Hart of New Japan, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. Yes. He is uh, a WWE tier. Hall of Famer. He is a of legend. Course. A legend. He's the inventor of the Dragon Sleeper, the Dragon Suplex. He owns a company called Tradition, which is essentially, if you know what Masters yes. Football is, it's Masters Wrestling. Uh <laughs> He's been there and done it all. I think was he. I think was he an NWA champion as well, Fujinami. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it was him who beat Ric Flair. Someone yeah. someone did around that. I think it was Fujinami. Yeah. Who beat Ric Flair and took his NWA belt? Yeah. Yeah, and he's. Uh, I think he's very well respected just generally in the world of wrestling, and you know he's one of one of the old boys, one of the proper old boys that was there and, and leading the charge. The the reason I've compared him to Bret Hart is because he was kind of the bridge between the 80s and Inoki and then the newer era in the 90s heading into the 2000s. Yeah. He was kind of the the work rate guy who carried the company through the old era into the more modern age. He worked right I think that's a really like crucial position. Five, I think, didn't he? And, yeah, and kept, and, and kept going. Yeah, kept yeah, going yeah. beyond after he left. But he, I know he left the company because there was a dispute between him and Riki Choshu. And it was essentially the company. Oh, the, the company went. Well, one of you has got to, you know, step down or like not be here. Or it got to a point where it was like it's him or me, and the company chose Choshu. <laughs> so. So, I know that Choshu was the booker for a little bit as well yeah. after the whole mix up with the Nogi. I didn't realise that they hated each other in real life as well. I thought it was just a kayfabe thing. I don't know if uh, they've like if if it was just like a dispute, but I don't know if they still hate each other or anything. But yeah, I'd, I'd read somewhere I can't remember where it was, but they they'd had a bit of a disagreement, and it was essentially well, it's him or me, and they went, oh, sorry, mate, it's him, 
and he had to step down, which is, I guess, why he was so emotional at returning for Liger's retirement, because he'd been welcomed Disqu- back into the company that he had to, you know, do an exodus from. Disgraceful scenes. Yeah. Right, next up, let's just do Ricky Choshu now then. So Ricky Choshu, uh, <laughs> I skipped ahead in the order a bit. No, <laughs> Ricky Choshu was another very key figure in the early days, uh, the sort of, the, not the early days, but the, the golden age, the 80s in New yeah. Japan into the 90s. Uh, he was a big rival of Fujinami. They had many great battles together. He was also the first, one of the first, maybe the first wrestler to uh, do like a rogue faction storyline, which would inspire the likes of Bullet Club and LIJ and Chaos. I think he was the uh, first big like turncoat. Like he just turned on his friends and his partners and everything and was like, no. And it yeah. was such a huge deal that he didn't conform and that he went off and started his own promotion. Um, that was like a world yeah. promotion and that hadn't been done before in Japan. He just went and started an indie. Like, well, that's the thing. I feel like because Choshu is obviously a, he's obviously one of the top two tiers. Yeah, but I can't work out which one because his reigns are a bit scattered, and he's not. When you talk about like the great, or when I think of the great IWGP champions of the past, I'm like Tanahashi. You yeah. know. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but some people are going to talk about it in a little bit. But Choshu's not, like, the first one that I think of. Fujinami before Choshu all the time. I'm back. Oh, oh, (laughs) I didn't realize you left. I just kept talking. That's fine. I'm happy you Um, kept talking. My camera just went off and I was like... I'll summarize what I said. Just that Choshu isn't one of the first guys I think of when I think of great champions of the past. Like, I think of Fujinami ahead of Choshu every day. Yeah. Whereas... So Choshu's either at the bottom of top tier or the top of second tier for me? I think he's in lovely, lovely, lovely. Because uh, I was talking to somebody as well recently where I'm sure Choshu came up and the topic of conversation was that he was a big deal, but he wasn't wasn't like a superstar household name mega big deal until a little bit later on. It wasn't like he just exploded into it. Um, Right. But his popularity had to build and then wavered and had to build and then wavered and it kept doing this and it wasn't ever really a... But you can't deny what the guy did. So yeah, I think top of lovely, lovely, lovely. Fair. Uh, Next up, we have another one of the big early champions uh, in New Japan. It's Vader time. Vader Vader. for me will be top tier. Like I, I... Yeah, I love Vader's entire run in New Japan. I don't know if if that's clouding my judgment, but I think Vader is an example of the massive foreign menace coming in and working. Because that guy was terrifying. Like, no matter what you thought of Vader, that guy was physically intimidating and he looked like he could smash you into a pancake, which is what he did. He was sort of Mm -hmm. proto-Lesnar in a way, but... He was willing to work and do more, and he had mass popularity over there. Uh, and it was a rare case where he was super, super popular over there, and it didn't so much transition well when he returned to the states. I think it did with WCW, but by the time he got it was to a WWF, bit more hit and miss. it was hit and miss. It was, uh, yeah, a little bit more hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, I, I fair enough. When before you gave that point. I had him nailed on for lovely, 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 but you've convinced me, and I'm going to stick him yes. right in the top tier. Yes, well done, Vader. Vader. It's Vader time. Yeah. 
Next up, another of the early gaijin in New Japan, uh, Salman Hashimikov, who was a bit of an anomaly <laughs> because you look at the list of names of IWGP champions and you're like, oh my god, Inoki, Fujinami, Vader, who's this guy? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's you just, just kind of think, what? He's just a Russian shoot fighter. That's it. <laughs> he is. However, I think he doesn't deserve to be bottom tier with all the other shoot fighters. I was going to put him in just about bearable okay. just because... He comes in and wins the belt, and I think beats Vader. Yeah. And that would have been huge mm. at the time. I think I I think he should be second bottom tier. Yeah. How long was this? If reign? this had happened, it was in, if short, this had happened, I think wasn't it? It was short, but yeah. if this had happened in the twenty first century, then I'd be like, yeah, it's a bit hackneyed, it's a bit yeah. rubbish. But because it was the eighties, and he was a big Russian dude, and he was an amateur wrestler. <laughs> Yeah. I can't bring myself to put him in the bottom tier. Go on, stick him, stick him in just about bearable then. I'll give you that one. Yes. Sorry for sniffing, my hay fever is kicking my ass. It's all right, I'm melting um, in here. It's like a greenhouse. Next up we have, I think, one of your personal favourites, Keiji Muto, a.k.a. the Great Muta. Yeah, so earlier I talked about how Masahiro Chono was one of the two almost household names of you to you know if you were a wrestling fan in the 90s in america you didn't follow Ameri uh, japanese wrestling but you knew a couple of people you'd know chono and you'd know muta and muta yeah. is just well sorry muto because uh, muta's a character uh it's, it's just he's great he's just so so entertaining he got I think the most well-rounded mentality out of that original three in terms of entertainment, keeping himself nice and fresh in a Jericho-esque way, and then going yeah. from babyface to heel, having this character that missed, everything was like just right for Muta. It, it, his career goes a bit, woo, after a bit, but mm -hmm. like his initial New Japan you know, legacy is undeniable. I agree. I think you've got to stick him top tier. Yeah. Uh, which makes me feel sad for Chono because he's one of the three musketeers as well. But yes. we put another one of them several, <laughs> several tiers above him. So sorry, Chono. Uh, three more. Next up, we've got the third and final of the three musketeers. Someone who is sadly no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, he died very young. But the impact he left on New Japan was absolutely phenomenal. It's uh, Shinya Hashimoto. It's like nothing that came before. So he was just this big bruiser brute that could put on mm -hmm. incredible matches that was obviously tragically he's not here, but I think if he was still around he'd be he would have been working into, you know, old age. He seemed like one of those guys where it was just life, that was just it. Wrestling was like super serious. Yeah. He's as you said, one of the biggest deals. It's it's interesting because I think in the early days of the Three Musketeers, everybody says that uh, Chono was the technical guy, Muta was the high flyer, and then Hashimoto was like strong style. He was like the brawler, the bruiser, yeah. and the power guy because he was bigger. And then it all changed around a bit because then obviously Muta became a bit more of a guy reliant on his charisma. He toned back the high flying a bit. Everyone changed out of those parameters slightly. But... Uh, it seemed to be Hashimoto who almost tapped into the New Japan audience the best, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe alongside Muta. But I can't separate him and Muta. I, I think he has to go top tier as well if Muta's there. Yeah, I believe so as well. Okay, excellent. Nice and easy. Uh, we'll go on to 
a very interesting figure, uh, Nobuhiko Takada, who is kind of like, who can I compare him to here? He's kind of like, like Hollywood Hulk Hogan, but in a way, basically. Yeah. Where there was this storyline in the mid nineties where New Japan were getting invaded by the UWFI and this guy Takada took the belt. Uh, he won the belt. He beat, I can never remember which one it is. He beat either Muto or Hashimoto and then lost it to the other one, but I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but famously, the story goes that Eric Bischoff was there in attendance and thought, what is this? This is amazing. And then a few months later, you got the NWO in WCW. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine how big a deal this was for UWFI to be invading. Like, it must be... Because this mm. is like, I guess, early days of, of factions just in general, uh, building off the back of, you know, Choshu. And it was a thing, but it was never really, like, this serious. And this is like yeah. somebody coming into your house, laying out your champion, taking your belt, and buggering off. It's like, that's mm. an insult to every fan. And I think that's just whoever came up with this entire concept needs all the love in the world. Um, but in terms of his reign, <laughs> his reign's not that yeah. incredible. I mean, it started and ended well with two good matches, but it didn't last a great deal of time. Yeah. And also, you could argue that he was the only guy in the invading forces the who benefit. got over. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think he has to go mid-tier. I, I, I put him in all right just for that reason, because it, it is sort of like, well, I'm over. Yeah. See, it's like... <laughs> I mean, if Kenny... If if Omega and Naito are in all right, we can't really put Takada no, ahead exactly. of them. But he is very inno- he is a very innovative figure in the history of... Yeah. Well, wrestling booking. Uh, and finally, one last one. It's the Power Warrior himself, when he was teaming with the Road Warriors, briefly... It's Kensuke Sasaki, uh, a protege of uh, Ricky Choshu. Yeah. Similar in terms of like big, mean guy, very New Japan, you know, yeah. throws a lot of strikes, very intense. And for me, I mean, he won it. For me, he seems like a little bit of an overachiever. He was great, but yeah. he won it a hell of a lot of times. And when you look at the names that surround him, it's like all time greats. So do you first, reckon Choshu was, was like pulling his second tier? Do you reckon Choshu was pulling a bit of the weight there and just trying to build a megastar or pull some favors? I don't know because I don't know because it's not as if Sasaki came in and was instantly champion. Yeah, I think he got built up slowly over time, like New Japan traditionally do. Yeah. So by the time he became champion, all those times, maybe not. I think maybe he just was the right guy, right in the right place at the right time. So. I think you've got to, for his achievements, you've got to put him in second tier. Yeah. But I wouldn't put him on the level of the guys in the top tier. Well, that's it. The, the achievements are as long as his arm, but it's it's not quite like that star quality where you can instantly remember like a mega, mega moment or a mega, mega promo or like a, a big feature part of a feud with him. But maybe that's just yeah. because of the longevity. Maybe that's because of the way the business was. But you can't deny that he, he did help carry the company. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say if you want to put him in second tier, let's go for it. 
I've already done it, Sam. The oh, tier list is complete. It's complete. So we've got six in the top tier, five in the second, uh, a lot more in the... Is that nine or ten in the middle tier? <laughs> then we've got four, four in the second bottom tier and four in the bottom tier. Right. So quite a lot of big names. That top tier is amazing. Okada, Tanahashi, Tatsumi Fujinami, Vader, Muta, and Shinya Hashimoto. That's a yep. mega top tier. What, uh, if you want to run down the other tiers so I can hear, because I can't see your screen. Okay. Uh, lovely, lovely tier. We've got uh, Ricky Choshu, Yuji Nagata, Kojima, AJ Styles, and Kensuke Sasaki. Yep. Middle tier, we've got... Middle tier is kind of populated by guys who should have been more, but weren't for various different reasons. Yeah. So, like, Omega, Chono, Naito, Takada, Shinsuke Nakamura, Takayama, Tenzan, Inoki, Makabe, our neighborhood bad boy, Jay White. Yeah. Um, just about bearable, Scott Norton, Tenryu, uh, Nakanishi, and Saman Hashimikov. And then bottom tier, get in the bin. It's all of Inoki's lads. It's Fujita, uh, Yasuda, <laughs> Bob Sapp, and big Brock Lesnar. Big Les. Big fat Les. Big Les. Big Les. <laughs> Vindaloo. Uh, <laughs> so that is it. That concludes our tier ranking of every New Japan IWGP heavyweight champion in history so far. Uh, the New Japan Cup at the time of recording is underway and the winner gets a title shot at Tetsuya Naito. So we could see a new name added to the lineage. Uh, Sam, is there one person, and I think I know your answer, who you would like to see hold the belt before they retire? Tomohiro Ishii. He's, it's Ishii for Sam. He's just, come on, he was, he was you know, it's, it's Ishii. He was one of the black sheep. Like, he came in, he helped the company in a time of dire need. He's got no neck, so you can't break his neck. He's proper big. Yep. Like, he's a champion. Stop giving him the never belt. He's also... It's like they give him the never belt just so it's his birthday or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's also probably... Uh, he's also probably better than, like, two-thirds of this list. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not a shoddy list either. It's a crime. So, yeah, he definitely deserves it. It's a crime that he's not held that belt. What about you? Mine would go. <laughs> mine would go to. If we're talking just all time, yeah. mine would be Shibata, but unfortunately oh, he yeah. had to retire. Shibata would uh, be. I wouldn't although, even care about like a 10 year reign if you had Shibata. I wouldn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> although, in, in, a, in a weird way, it's kind of a nice story that he never quite got it because he walked out of the company, then he came back and got forgiven. But he never he got quite all got the, the way belt. to the end, and, and yeah, and yeah. It, it, it didn't quite get back. And he redeemed himself in the eyes of the audience and everything as well. And it just wasn't possible. Yeah. And then it was that match that retired him. It's yeah. such a weird way. It's so weird how that worked out. Uh, obviously, not in a nice way, but it's just weird that it was almost like a script or something. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see Ibushi hold it one day, and I think he probably will. Ibushi's the future of the company, uh, I think, yeah. For sure. He is. Although I always I always get tricked and think he's in his 20s when he's not. Yeah, he's he just looks a little so bit young. older than you think, but he, he just looks like an action man. But he still moves. Yeah, and he still moves yeah. as fast as ever. And uh, maybe... Maybe Kenta, just to Kenta, see it all kick off. I, I think Kenta's going to be soon. I think Kenta will be soon because you've got to capitalise on all of this. Hmm, maybe. But, yeah. 
and I feel bad. Well, obviously, Yoshihashi as well. Yeah, Pickles. Pickles has got to get it. Pickles has got to. Do you know who might after their performance recently? Just as a closing thought, who? Show Show Tanaka had another banger of a match against Shingo Takagi. I think Show would make a lot of sense, but he's got to beef up. He's got to beef right years up. Years down the line. Yeah. It's years down the line. Yeah. But, yeah. but Show looks incredible at the moment. Uh, right. Right. Well, thanks very much. Not a bother. For joining me in this tier ranking. Uh, and thanks to all of you as well for watching this video. I've been Jack from Codaholic.com. This has been Sam as well. Uh, that was our tier ranking. Yeah. And thank you for watching. Leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. And we'll see you soon. See you later. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>